When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Welcome to TPQ20. Uh, We always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. Uh, So, if you were to kind of give the bio that you're not putting on the back of a book or not on the Fifth Wheel Press page, who are you? Um, Hi, my name is Nat Rom. I'm a uh, queer, disabled uh, artist and genderless disaster from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, And um, I'm really interested in exploring my archive in a way that I feel like helps me to process. Um, I feel like my process is very informed by my status as a trauma survivor. And so lately that's kind of what I've been doing. I have been um, kind of going through the archive, going through the past and asking myself a bunch of questions, looking at stuff, old stuff and kind of reinterpreting it. Ooh, I like that. And it also leads into some good questions there as well. who are you now versus your past? Um, wow. Yeah, I would say. Let's just jump right into Oh my the, God, the, that's the a great stuff. question. No, um, I. it's funny you say that because I feel like the book that I just finished, um, You Stupid Slut, really speaks to that. Um, I really, I, I kind of did a deep dive into my early 20s, which was a period of a lot of chaos, just a lot of chaos. Um, Wait, but is that, that's, that's not normal, right? That's, that's you know, I mean. I think it's early normal. 20, early 20s and chaos. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. most of us, and I would be surprised if those listening to this uh, podcast did not go through their early 20s in a very chaotic manner. I love it. Um, <laughs> I would say that I have, I've learned to kind of control the chaos. Like, I, 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 I don't want to say that I'm the, the grand lord of chaos, but I do feel like I have some degree of, um, having learned some better coping mechanisms, doing a little bit more soul searching and healing. And I, I feel like I'm just more grounded than I was before. Whereas like, I was, I was a little, I was a little bit of a wild child. So is your poetic voice different now? Oh, 100%. Um, And who do you like better? (laughs) That's so hard. As a reader, who do you like better? As a reader, I like myself now better. <laughs> I mean, I, I there's definitely some something somewhere that's like, like don't ever publish the book of poetry you wrote when you were 20. And <laughs> I don't remember who said it, but I, I thought about that. And I thought about what I was writing when I was 20. And that was actually, it was when I took my uh, creative writing class in undergrad. So I, I mean, I was writing at 20, like pretty, pretty substantially. I've gone back and read it. Um, most of it's been edited quite, <laughs> quite a bit since edited then. Edited or burned or whatever. So, so 
some of it lives in a folder I call the graveyard. Maybe I'll come back to it. Maybe I won't. <laughs> well, and I think that's that's a question. You know, a lot of a lot of poets talk about how you know their especially their earlier books are kind of put together based on their archive of works and things they've found and and rewritten or at least gone through and and written a new you know a new version of because of where they are in life. Um, do you find that any of the old archive has worked its way into, you know, your, your new upcoming work or. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how, say, definitely how 100%. <laughs> and so, so what is your, when it, like, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's an odd process that going back and editing, editing the person and the voice you were on page, at least, you know, especially if you've gone through life changes and whatnot. So who, you know, how do you take those old pieces? And, you know, how do you re, uh, remix them for the new era? Um, so I'll, I'll kind of give a two-pronged answer to this because I feel like it depends from project to project. And I've, I've sort of had two pretty past heavy projects recently, okay. um, one, one which just came out and one that is very still in progress. Um, so uh, You Stupid Slut, all of the photos are from that era of time. It's a hybrid book um, and it's got a lot of like scanned ephemera. Um, I really did go back to that era of my life and try to give it a, a holistic view in that I'm looking at it back at it now and I'm like okay that was a bad decision like that was a bad decision but also in that like trying to preserve what it was and what that period of my life meant to me so I was very true to kind of the ephemera and the photographs and that sort of helped me merge it with a more current poetic voice which was perhaps a little bit judgmental in places <laughs> um but i'm right now what i'm working on is um i've been kind of going through an old hard drive of mine from uh get this 2011 to around 2015 so it's okay. it, it's so old is this tumblr is this tumblr era it is peak okay. tumblr era um see i and missed that I'm, I'm 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 a little bit too old to have uh, to have i taught during the tumblr era and that was always scary and dangerous. The but, Tumblr uh, era was, it was such an important thing, I feel like, especially for a lot of like queer people my age, because that was just such an environment where that mm. was celebrated. And so like, I mean, I was, I was very closeted until I was like 21. So of course, like I look back at that, I'm like, oh my God, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> now I know, like, I'm like, okay, the Tumblr era is somewhat important to my practice. And that's when all of my Tumblr era poetry comes into play. And I have been editing those. Um, and so because I'm looking at it through the lens of a hard drive, I've been kind of thinking about them as almost like recovered versions mm. oh, of like the that. old work. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll redo something because I mean, I, I also, I mean, I was, I was, I was younger even then, um, than I was when I was writing about you stupid slut. Um, so it, it, the writing needs some work, um, that's putting it mildly. And so I kind of, in that editing process, I really want to capture the essence of the piece. Um, but still make it fresh and modern. Um, and so I sort of get to the end and they're all relatively brief. They don't go into any sort of depth in any right. specific way about anything in particular. So I kind of get to the end and I'm like, okay, what's the point of this? Okay, so, how do I translate so that? Needs to, uh, the so what needs to find its way into it. Exactly. And the sort of like, okay, what is the general overall, like, like call it a, a small plot line if you want. Um, like, what is that? How does that turn into something that's fresh and not like what a 17 year old was writing? Like, I taught... 
I taught high school creative writing for for about fourteen years, and and you know you get some rock star pieces, but the uh, you get 100%. the you get the um, bedroom poetics um, of you know especially the the fifteen year old sixteen year old boys who have told you they'll never write a poem because it's they don't keep a diary they don't <laughs> diaries, but uh, yeah that it's I have I just just talked to somebody about this the other day. My mom found my uh, my poetry book from like end of high school. So I had so, somehow I was I was smart enough or dumb enough to have my mom type up like four notebooks worth of stuff because I'm sure she just wanted to and you know offered along the way and I was just like yeah whatever. But I I have I printed it out. I made the mistake of making copies of it. So I, I know just how bad my, you know, my 15, 16 year old bedroom poetry was. And my wife and I get a kick looking back through that and just talking about like what was actually going on. Oh yeah. Cause, cause what you know, the, the slightest memory that it might raise, it's so many questions about what actually happened, you know, before that was before the page. Definitely. And that's because I do so much reflecting on the past in general, like that's something that has kind of found, found its way very naturally into this like project, really. It, I think I started it as wanting to do more like kind of work with the hard drive on the more visual side of things, mm -hmm. because I do work so much with visual material as well. But I also felt like there was some like there was some text components to be teased out of it as well. I was originally just doing um, erasures of like teen novels that I had read, which is a blast in See, and I of itself. I was going to ask if you, one of your one of the things you're doing is going back and doing erasures with your old pieces. I haven't. The old pieces are a little too sparse, but I have been <laughs> doing it with. Um, I've been doing it with teen novels like that I read back then. And it's just, it's like, you would not believe how good of a book Gossip Girl is for like a fun erasure. I was I'm blown sure. away. I was well, like, wow. But those books also, you know, while they weren't, you know, as the, as the curmudgeon old man that I, that I've become since I was like 21, uh, you know, I think the, the plot lines in those books are still so good. I oh, mean, totally. They're, they're paper thin, but they're so good because they have to carry somebody who has such an ADHD mind. Yes, um, exactly. So, so they have to trap you. It's why Twilight, it's why all of those books, even as, you know, bleh, but it's why they get you because there can be 15 plot lines going on and you're able to follow all of them because they all work on this one thread. Exactly. And you follow them from book to book too. Yeah. And that keeps you buying the next book. I really like... The first thing I ever wrote was like a, a, a big ripoff of Gossip Girl that took place in Baltimore. And so there was something that was so intriguing as that being an early inspiration to me as a writer that I wanted to go back to it. Hey, it could have been like Gossip Girl on the wire. There's your, uh, there's your. Character. Oh my God. <laughs> it, Baltimore actually has a wild private school scene, like in, in a way that I think most people don't realize. It's sort of what my first uh, chat book was about is like this weird incestuous community of private schools. It's it's something I've been very interested in after basically going to art school and realizing like, oh wow, that wasn't normal. Like <laughs> No, the art school experience is never the normal school experience. It's weights, you know. And then it's really never the normal experience for the kid on the outside of the art school looking in, going, what are they doing there? So no. a lot of yeah. So as a visual artist, as well as, you know, as, as a, as an artist of multiple areas, um, 
where is the line for you? Because you talked about, you know, you could kind of tease some text out of these images at times. What what is your process when it comes to figuring out what is what is just going to remain a visual piece and you know what actually gets words or vice versa? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because I feel like I talked about this a little bit um in an interview that I did when my first chapbook came out, is that like that was the first time I really did just all text. Um and so it was it was kind of weird for me to be like, okay, there's there's not visual to this. Hmm because I viewed them as kind of something that is so impossible to divorce within my practice because I, I call myself an accidental poet. Um, okay. I, I really maintain that I started writing poetry and started really writing as part of my kind of overall practice because I was working in photography. I worked very serially um, and I was in an environment classroom wise where like they want you to put one stunning image on the wall and have it tell the whole story. And I, I am just not sold on the notion that a picture is worth a thousand words. And sometimes I wanted a text component. Sometimes I wanted someone to experience the work in the way that I felt like it was what they needed to see, like, as opposed to like, okay, you have your own room for interpretation, but this is what I want you to know. Um, and that was when I started making like photographic books and zines. Um, and so naturally the writing kind of came out of that and I've, it, it's remained a very important part of my process, but yeah, the, the just text is always an interesting one because I feel like I always want to bring images into it. And I stopped myself on that one by having the project be, um, I was like, I'm printing this in black and white. Mm. That's, that's the fastest way to get me to stop myself is I'm like, okay, I have to do this in black and white if I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, how many projects have been left, uh, left in color uh, that haven't seen the light of day then? Um, a shocking few. Hmm. Um, I feel like the ones that were left in color that haven't seen the light of day didn't see the light of day for other oh, reasons. Yeah. Like it, most of my graveyard is I'm like, you're you're there until I can figure out what else to do with you like right and it's interesting to think of as we just said you know a poem that's just text it's weird to think of saying you know that a poem sometimes would be anything other than just text but a poem is never just text exactly yeah I mean the the images that it creates regardless of the just text um, goes far beyond the page and I mean it's it's nice I, I think that we're entering a world where like the aphrastic poem is becoming you know a little bit more prominent and we're seeing some more uh, more of a return sometimes to like the concrete poem the old original like here is an image um, there might be some wording with it but this is poetry yeah um, and I like I like that visual connection and again I think I think there is a tie somewhere. There has to be. It'd be interesting to look at all the contemporary poets, but I think there has to be a tie somewhere between like this kind of ADHD generation, um, you know, the Ritalin kids that we all like, you know, all were in the 80s and 90s. And I wonder how much of that uh, multi-genre effect comes from poets not quite knowing which lane they live in because there are so many lanes in their head. Definitely. And I even sometimes have a hard time categorizing my poetry as poetry because I'll just kind of, I'll write prose, but it'll feel too long to really be a prose poem. And I, that, that turns into a whole situation when I'm sending it out. I'm <laughs> just like, a whole different co- yeah, it's a whole in my cover letter, I'm just like, please, I'm so sorry if this is the wrong category. Like, <laughs> 
it's 30 pages for a reason well it's never it's never like <laughs> it never breaks guidelines because i'm an editor too and i know that game but right. i will say that i definitely ha- there's definitely been a like well, I would really classify this as hybrid work because um, it's not really prose in the traditional nonfiction sense, but it's not really fiction. So I'm just going to call it poetry and I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree about the imagistic quality of um, poetry and sort of thinking about it beyond like sort of just text. Um, I definitely think that diving into really calling myself a poet has been just sort of letting myself explore the things I explore in visual art as a poet. Yeah. Like well, through was, words. Well, and I think I, I had a conversation with Donnie Rose, um, you know, as he kind of transitions from just from the world of poetry into kind of the world of journalism and news about how poetics has found its way into other genres at this point. Definitely. So it's, you know, and, and, it's always, it's always been there. It's just, I think there's more of a representation of it, you know, uh, like essays don't have to be essays. Um, yeah. Just, just poems, you know, quote unquote, just poems don't have to be just poems. Um, and I think it's, it's cool to see a younger generation pick up on there's more to life than the acrostic your fourth grade teacher made you write. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. And I think like, there's also, there's so many things about, the way like you grow up learning poetry that I have just like it, it takes you longer to unlearn some of them than others really like <laughs> you can't take a poem and tie it to a chair and beat it apart it's not it's not yeah it's yeah I, I like that I like that I feel like as I, I teach middle school now and I feel like they're they're hungrier for a, this new world of poetry that's out there and there's so many you know under 25 year olds right now oh yeah who are kind of like running the poetry world and it's really cool to see like even the even the the list of ruth lily award winners that came out you know what two hours ago um the it's a young group of poets and it's really really cool to see that generation kind of just rising up at this point um that said uh as we kind of filter toward the ending here but i want to know a little bit about the editing side of you Yes. Um, so how do you go from this, you know, this visual and, and poetic world uh, to saying that you want to uh, that you that you think you want to run one of these, you know, one of these ships that does these things that puts out these these works of poetics or others? Um, what got you there and, and what do you kind of what do you what do you get out of it? Um well, the first thing that got me there was um, when I was still really kind of more in the visual arts world and I'm sending out like photography book proposals and it's just like no after no after no after no. I mean, you can't even imagine the rejection rate with how few uh, publishers of photography there right. are. But um, I just felt like there was one day and I just went and I looked and all of these publishers I'm submitting to, I'm like, that's a lot of white guys like that you're publishing. <laughs> And that was when I was kind of like, there's a space for folks who are historically underrepresented and it doesn't exist. And so that was kind of what led me to creating Fifth Bell Press in the first place, um, was really creating that space within photography. And then as I've understood both sort of my gender identity and my practice to shift a little bit in the direction of being more multidisciplinary, more fluid, I was like, why aren't we publishing writing also? 
So it's been a really fun adventure. Honestly, I'm very methodical in my practice. Like my notes for all of my, like all of my projects are just, they're bulleted, they're outlined. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got Virgo in my like big astrology three. I believe it. I believe it too. I'm an absolute key. I, I laugh because I'm a disaster when it comes to keeping track of what the poetry question needs to do at what point. I, I will send out like a Twitter message to our group and be like, does anybody need a book to review? I'm like, how far behind are we? <laughs> I mean, there's that side of it too. I don't want to say I'm organized all the time. I absolutely, that is a completely false picture of myself to paint. I'm not all the time, but <laughs> I am fairly methodical in the way that I like to approach things. I do kind of tend to have an idea of what needs to be done. I just, I work in um, a university office basically as my day job. And we just took this work styles quiz and I'm overwhelmingly very creative. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense, obviously, but the ways that it explained it were very interesting because they talk about how like you have the idea, you're like focused on the idea and then things get lost along the way sometimes. So I'm not unfamiliar with that, um, but I do, I do tend to find it is a pretty easy transition, especially because I feel like being a reader is so helpful to me as an editor and as a writer, like Absolutely. being, have, being able to read work all the time. I feel like I'm constantly inspired by my peers. I love it. Oh, well then that leads us toward our final questions. Uh, who are the peers you are finding that you are most inspired by? And then uh, where can we find your work? Yeah, um, I would definitely, I mean, all seven of my laser series authors uh, for Fifth Wheel Press this past year, I mean, I had a hard time even picking seven chapbooks with how much incredible work we had submitted to us our, during our last open period. Um, but I have grown uh, particularly close with Rachel Crosby. Um, we just, we have the same style of working. We're very similar people. Um, we've, we've collaborated since then. It's been a really lovely experience. Um, I would definitely also say um, I'm working on a, a gay literature magazine slash daily planner. Uh, nice. with uh, Ren Capultores. Um, I've loved working with him. Um, that's been a really fantastic experience. Um, he runs Alabrijes Review. Um, and then in terms of kind of the visual side of things, because I have some sort of image text folks I think of as well. Um, Hyacinth Shukas is um, a wonderful friend of mine as well as a wonderfully talented uh, sort of image text artist. Um, and I've also been speaking a lot to uh, Kelsey Cecina, who is a graduate of Image Text Ithaca. Actually, I think as of yesterday, Hyacinth is as well. Um, but uh, basically, like we we're sort of all in this place where photography is moving in a direction that is definitely very image. And we're like, well, where does the text come in? So it, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with both of them about it. Um, and I always really enjoy having creative conversations with them. Um, awesome. and then in terms of me, oh my God, um, all, all of my stuff, um, you, my, my whole directory is on my website. If you're like go, getting down to the nitty gritty of lit <laughs> magazines. Um, but some of my recent publications I've been really stoked about, um, were in Mayday magazine. Um, I had a piece come out last Monday and then, um, actually same day I had a piece come out in, uh, only magazine, which, I'm bringing up mostly because um, it's about my lover and I absolutely just like, I think it's the sweetest piece and he's, 
I, 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 I want to celebrate him because he's such a big part of what helps me be who I am. That's awesome. So, well, congratulations uh, on those. Yeah. Um, and then the books, um, I have a self-published chapbook, um, that's available through my web store. Um, my debut, um, kind of full length collection, uh, you stupid slut is out with dream boy book club. Um, and then as it, I got them yesterday in the, or two days ago in the mail, I should say, um, my copies of Spectre Dust, uh, with Bullshit Lit. I've, I've had a prolific summer. So is Bullshit Lit. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm wearing their shirt right now. Like literally. (laughs) You know, sometimes a name catches on and then you realize the good work that's coming out of it. Oh, totally. uh, And they have, they have put out some really, really good pieces this last year. Oh yeah. And I will say Veronica is a delight to work with as well. I've really loved working with her and with John from Dream Boy Book Club. Um, I've been such a chronic self-publisher that it was really the first time I worked with a publisher on my book and it was exciting. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on all of that. It was so wonderful to catch up with you and talk with you today on TPQ 20. Uh, I truly look forward to reading what's to come from you and uh, sending people your direction. Thanks a bunch. It was, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.